What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number four, where I will be previewing week seven of college football, where we have a lot of big games in the state of Michigan. We have the number one game in Division Two taking place at Ferris State. We'll be talking a little bit about that. We have Michigan against Penn State at the Big House, and then we have the homecoming game for Michigan State against Wisconsin. So we have a lot of very big games this week. We have a top two matchup in Division Two. We have a top 10 matchup in Division One at Michigan, and we have a matchup between a struggling Michigan State team and a struggling Wisconsin team. So let's start out this podcast a little bit differently. I typically start out with Michigan, but in this podcast, I want to start out with Michigan State, especially because there's quite a bit more to talk about with Michigan State. And the reason why I say that is because in this game, you're going into a scenario where it's almost a must-win game. And I know I've said that a couple of times, but if you want any chance to go to a bowl game, you have to beat this Wisconsin team. And there's a few reasons why. One, this Wisconsin team has a brand new head coach after Paul Chris got fired. Their new head coach is Jim Leonhard. He was supposedly the heir apparent to Paul Chris, and now he's a head coach. Ever since taking over from Wisconsin, he's kind of changed their offense a little bit. Now, Wisconsin will always be a run-heavy offense, especially because they have one of the best backs in the Big Ten with Braylon Allen. But at the same time, Graham Mertz, last week against Northwestern, and this is Northwestern, so we have to take it with a grain of salt, but Graham Mertz has been pretty solid ever since the head coach change happened. And I think Graham Mertz will be the main factor this game because Braylon Allen is going to do what he does. He's been very good at running the ball. The Wisconsin offensive line is not as good as it has been in the past, but at the same time, it seems like they can throw the ball a little bit better. So this is a little different type of offense that Michigan State's defense is going up against. Your Michigan State, your defense has to show up this game. And that's saying quite a lot because your defense hasn't shown up at all this year. And if you're Scotty Hazleton, you got to hope that Slade is playing in this game. Because if he is not, they've shown that they are vulnerable to the run. Now, if Slade is playing in this game, he's probably our best run stuffer. And this defense, especially this defensive line, has been much better when he's been in the game and able to play. Now, he hasn't played for quite a while, but I think one person not playing for quite a while, I don't think that's the reason why Michigan State's defense has been really bad. But having him will definitely help in this game if he's able to come back. This is a game that overall Michigan State's offense and defense has to play well. And especially on the offensive end, because this Wisconsin defense is not as good as it used to be. They're still a good T 
team. They're not that dominant anymore, though. Like, I'm not saying they're not good, but for many, many years, you could always really rely on Wisconsin's defense shutting people down. Now, with this offense, could that happen? Absolutely, just because Michigan State's offense hasn't been very good, but it's just not as good as it used to be. And that's exactly what Lockdown Wisconsin was talking about. He said that they have completely changed their offense. They actually had Graham Mertz in an empty formation. They had five wide receivers. When's the last time you can think about Wisconsin doing that? Maybe the Russell Wilson days? But even those days, they sailed ran the ball heavily. This is definitely a different Wisconsin team. It has a little bit going for itself. They completely dominated Northwestern. While they're not going to win the Big Ten West, we still have a chance to play extremely well, especially against this Michigan State secondary. And going back to Graham Mertz, against Northwestern, he threw for 299 yards and five touchdowns. Again, when is that last time a stat like that for a quarterback in Wisconsin? It's been a really, really long time. And Graham Mertz going into Wisconsin was always talked about how he's a really good quarterback and how he hasn't really shown that. But I don't think he also has gotten the chance to. There's one slight on Paul Chris that I think you kind of have to talk about. He was a very good coach. He was a coach that won a lot. He won the Big Ten West quite a bit. But I always thought he kind of kept the offense back a little bit. And that's because of the type of offense he runs. Wisconsin is kind of like Iowa. Maybe a little better offense. But it's just a hard-nosed, tough-it-out, really great offensive line that will just run the ball straight down your throat. And yes, there's nothing wrong with that. But in the game of football, that we are seeing right now, you're seeing that less and less teams do that. You're seeing these really good teams in Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, USC, Georgia. You're seeing these really good teams. Yes, they can run the ball, but that's not their main priority. You're seeing them be able to run the ball well and then open up the pass and then use the pass to take advantage of the defense. That's not what Wisconsin has done. Wisconsin, for a while, even when Russell Wilson was there, they've always been a hard-nosed running team. And that's just not football anymore. And that's why Iowa is falling behind. Iowa has a really, really bad anemic offense. And that's because they have, like, no playmakers on the outside. Their playmakers are tight ends. And while tight ends can be very talented, like we've seen Georgia, like Georgia has some of the best tight ends in the country. And I don't think that's really even debatable. And one of their tight ends is probably more athletic and faster than a lot of wide receivers are. But the thing is, you don't get those tight ends, like, ever. Like, there is very few tight ends that can be that good. And if you find one, good for you. Iowa, 
used to have that. Iowa had Hawkinson. They had Noah Fant. They have really good tight ends, but you got to be able to learn how to incorporate passing the ball into your offense. And I think that's one thing Michigan State has to learn, is that Michigan State has to learn that, hey, you know what? You need to use the pass to open up the run. Or your offensive line needs to do better. I, those are one of the two options because your offensive line, I've, I saw a stat today. Your offensive line, you've had the left side of it being solid. Like it's nothing blowing you away, but it's like the sixth player in the Big Ten. I think you have the third player in the Big Ten and then the ninth. So it's like nothing like amazing. But then you look on the other side. It's 15th and 13th. That's not good. And you're running the ball to the right. I don't understand that decision. If you have your best guys on the left, run the ball to the left. And if you run the ball to the right, you better be able to have a running back at Michigan State that can hit the holes in. More likely than not, at least for a few of our running backs at Michigan State, they cannot hit the holes when they're there. The only running back that can hit those holes is Elijah Collins, which is why Elijah Collins deserves more playing time. And again, I'm getting on another rant like I did last week, but this offense needs to be better, Michigan State. And I think this is a chance that they can do that. Because if you look at the past couple of teams that they played, Ohio State, Ohio State has a good defense. Definitely much better than their defense last year. Maryland, not a good defense, and you put up 13 points. Yes, it was raining, but still, not very good. Minnesota, Minnesota has a good defense. I think we can argue that I think they have one of the better defenses. You have Washington, decent defense, nothing special, but nothing amazing. Akron, really bad defense. You end up scoring 52, and then Western, to max school, you end up scoring 35. So if you look at it, for the last like four weeks, Michigan State has probably played two all right defenses and two really good defenses. And in those all right games, they've scored 13 and 28. That's not going to be enough for the offense to win these games because the defense, again, can't get saps. They've given up 49 points, 27 points, 34 points, 39 points. You almost have to score 40 points on offense to give yourself a chance. And they haven't been doing that. So that's why Payne Thorne has to get in a rhythm. I think Payne Thorne will start on Saturday for homecoming. It'll be interesting to see how the fans react. They give him a little booing last time. But they have to be able to throw the ball. January looks healthier. And then hopefully you're able to find some holes in this Wisconsin defense because, again, they're a good defense. They're just not as good as they used to be. Now, with me saying that, they'll probably go out there and dominate this Michigan State offense, and they'll probably score less points than they did against Ohio State, knowing my luck. But overall, I think this will be a pretty close game. If I have to guess, I'll probably go with Wisconsin winning this game. I do know it's at home for Michigan State, but it just looks like this Wisconsin 
offense has improved quite a bit. Michigan State hasn't been able to take advantage of a defense for at least four weeks. So if I have to go, I go with Wisconsin in this game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they can be better offensively. Defensively last week, again, not very good. But Ohio State, so maybe... Maybe they'll be a little better this week, but the chance that happens is pretty low. So that's the matchup between Michigan State and Wisconsin. Now the biggest matchup of the week in Division One, and the one you'll probably want to hear me talk about most, is the matchup between the number five ranked team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, versus the number 10 team in the country, Penn State. Penn State is coming into Ann Arbor. It's going to be a noon game. And because of that, I'm going to get my prediction out a little early. I think Michigan is going to win this game. I think it will be a lot closer than it has in the past. But historically, we have seen between these two teams as the last four or five years, the home team has won. And it's not been close. Now, with that being said, I think this will be a lot closer than what historically we have seen in the last few years, just because I think both teams are good. I think Penn State has surprised a lot of people this year, especially with the play of Sean Clifford. Like He hasn't been amazing this year, but he's been good enough to be able to go into some very hostile environments and get a win. And it all starts with that huge win to start the season at Purdue. And I know you might say, that's a huge win. Yeah, Purdue is dangerous at home. Now, we learned that Purdue isn't very good this year, but at the time, we didn't know that. Going to Purdue, and we've seen teams like Michigan State last year, going to Purdue, it doesn't matter what your record is because Purdue at home is a very, very different team. Purdue at home upsets so many teams over the years. It's kind of like going to Iowa at night. You know going into that game that that is a very serious trap game. Now, Penn State ended up winning by four that game. And then later in the year, they went to Auburn, at Auburn. And we do know that Auburn has a coach that no one wants to be there. They're not as good as they used to be. But going to Auburn and winning 41-12 at Auburn against any team, that is incredibly impressive. That is a game that I think I kind of looked at and I'm like, okay, this Penn State team might be a little better than we think. Now, the next couple of games, they end up beating Central by 19 points and then Northwestern by 10. Now, that Northwestern game was quite a bit closer than I expect, which is kind of the reason why I think Michigan wins this game because Northwestern anyone's a Northwestern fan that's listening, I have to apologize, but your Northwestern Wildcats are probably the worst team in the Big Ten. Or bottom two, at least. I think that's pretty fair. But yeah, after that, they're going to a game 
5-0. and And it has a lot to do with their running backs. You got two really good freshman running backs. And it all starts with Nicholas Singleton. He has 463 yards, five touchdowns. There's been multiple times this year where he's ran for over 100 yards with two touchdowns. Penn State has been very good at running the ball, and I think that's one of the main things that Penn State is going to want to do against Michigan because we have seen that Michigan's front seven continue to get better throughout the season. So Penn State's going to have to be able to run the ball if they want to win this game. They also have a sophomore wide receiver in Parker Washington. that He leads the team. He has 20 receptions for 285 yards. I don't think Penn State's going to throw the ball all over Michigan because Michigan secondary has been pretty good this year. And also you have Sean Clifford, and Sean Clifford has never really been known to throw the ball all over the field. His best game is 282 yards for four touchdowns and one interception. That would probably be his most and best game. He did kind of struggle against Northwestern. He had 140 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's just Sean Clifford for you. Like, Sean Clifford is a six-year quarterback that you can win at games with, but he's not going to single-handedly carry you to victory. He's going to need help from his defense. He's going to need help from his offense, and he's been getting that so far especially from his defense, because I think this is going to be a very athletic defense, maybe one of the most athletic defenses that Michigan has played. While I don't expect Penn State to shut down Michigan, because I don't expect any team to, but it will be interesting to see what happens in this game, especially with J.J. McCarthy at quarterback. He's been very good. He did make his first mistake against Indiana, but outside of that, he's been very, very good, especially off play actions. I think on play actions, he's 20 for 25, and I think his QBR is a 158.3, which is actually a perfect rating for a quarterback. So off play action, J.J. McCarthy is basically perfect so i'm expecting michigan to run a lot of play action this game and it helps when you have a running back like blake corum blake corum this year has been one of the best running backs in the country he has been incredibly impressive for the wolverines he's been able to run against any team one of the best runs of the season that i've seen from him is that indiana game he had Four Hoosiers around him. He broke through all of them and almost took it to a house. He was tackled at the one-yard line. That is a run that I was extremely impressed by. That was a run that we saw Kenneth Walker do quite a bit last year. Blake Corum is a very good running back, and he definitely deserves some conversation about being a Heisman especially because he's on a team that is currently undefeated. He's leading the country with the most 
rushing touchdowns with 11. He's been averaging 6.2 yards per carry for 735 yards. He's just been incredibly valuable for this team. They should be getting Donovan Edwards back a little bit more healthy with him coming back. Do I expect that to really affect Blake Corum? Not really. I think that just allows for a chance if Blake Corum does get hurt or he can't go for a, a little while, then I think that won't be very much a step back. Like I said, I think Michigan wins this game. I do think it's closer than people expect it will be. But I think Michigan moves on to be 7-0, which would then move into the bye week, which is next week. So next week on this podcast, it'll probably be talking about the lines. Mostly are talking about other things going on. I can also talk about the Draymond Green situation. I can be talking about a bunch of different stuff going on, probably mostly NFL coverage, or I might have someone come on, someone join me. That might be the way to go. I haven't found anyone. I haven't really searched. But, yeah, that could be a possibility next week, especially because we're going to have no Michigan State, Michigan games. And then the week after that, this podcast will be all Michigan State, Michigan, and it will be probably enjoyable and very unbearable because there's going to be a lot of talking about this rivalry, which is probably one of the best in college right now. So, yeah, that's kind of the schedule coming up for this podcast. Last thing I want to talk about is, of course, the biggest game in Division Two this year, and that is number one, Ferris State, playing number two, Grand Valley State University. So going into this game, the main guy at quarterback for the Ferris State has been Carson Galker. He actually is tied second in the nation for moat for um, rushing touchdowns. With that being said, um, Tom Anise, the head coach of Ferris State, did say that he expects Malik Mitchell, um, the starting quarterback, to be back this week against Grand Valley State, which would be absolutely huge because he hasn't started since day game one. He also led the team last year with the help of Jared Bernhardt to a national championship. But yeah, this is going to be a extremely entertaining game between Ferris State and GVSU. It is at Ferris State. It will be fun to watch. I hope that there's some sort of live stream, but they had Cade Pat- Peterson at GVSU is their starting quarterback. Both teams are incredibly balanced. Ferris, I think, has about 10 yards more on average running the ball, and GVSU, I think, has about 70 yards more running the ball than passing the ball. Both teams are very good offensively. Both teams are very good defensively. Ferris stays coming off almost an upset loss against SVSU. GVSU is coming off a dominating win 
So it'll be interesting to see who wins. If I have to make a prediction on this game, it's kind of hard because I know some people at Ferris, and so I want to cheer for Ferris, but I also know people at GVSU, and I'm a big GVSU fan. I'm also a big Ferris fan, so I just hope it's a really good game. So because of that, I'm actually deciding not to make a prediction. I will definitely talk about the game to see kind of like what happens. I'll have some stats. I'll have some thoughts. I'll do all that. But yeah, it's definitely the biggest game in Division Two this year. You don't really see the number one team and the number two team play in the regular season. That is very rare. And I think that has all to do with the talent that Michigan has in Division Two. I've talked about Saginaw Valley. Saginaw Valley is no longer in the top 25, but they're a very good team. They almost pulled off the win against Ferris. They competed very well. They were actually leading for quite a bit of it. And then another team that I haven't brought up is Davenport. Davenport is undefeated and is the number 25 team in Division Two. So you have four really good football teams in the state of Michigan for Division Two. Four. That is impressive. Four of the probably top 30. You have three in the top 25. I have to put Saginaw Valley a little outside of the top 25, but I have to give them credit just because they've battled really well against Ferris State, which is, again, number one. Now, at the Division Three level, I do want to talk that we also have a top 25 team in the country, and that is Albion. They're currently number 19 in the country after a win over Hope College. They end up winning, I think, like 31 to 10. So it's a pretty dominating win for the Britons. Volleyball, there's two top teams in the country. You have Kelvin College, they're a top 10 team. You have Hope College, a top 15 team. So you have a ton of talent in the state of Michigan. So if you ever get a chance to go to a Michigan game, go to a Michigan State game, go to a GVSU, go to a Davenport, go to a Ferris, or go to some Division Three schools, we have a ton of very good talent, some of the best in the country in the state of Michigan on the college level. Now, high school level was starting to get a little better as well. Definitely a lot to enjoy. Definitely a lot to talk about. Lots of very fun games this weekend. You got Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, GVSU versus Ferris. You got some volleyball action. You got some basketball. Sorry, not basketball is coming up for Michigan State in 25 days. Michigan is coming up about that same time frame. You got Division Two starting soon. You got Division Three starting soon. Lots of very good, fun, exciting sports to watch. And you also have Thursday night football tonight. You have the Bears versus the Commanders. And speaking of Thursday night football, Thursday night football has been absolutely awful this year. Like, there's been, like, no good games. And you kind of feel bad for Amazon a little bit just because of how much money they spent on Thursday Night Football, and you realize, hey, you know what, Thursday Night Football, these are all really, really bad games. But with that being said, you have probably the best and most electric game this weekend. You have the Chiefs versus the Bills. 
definitely tune in for that game because that is going to be fireworks. That's going to be an absolute shootout. I'm expecting a classic like the last time they played. So lots of things going on. Lots of different stories to cover. Thank you again for supporting the podcast. Thank you again for listening. And I will see you next week after I review what occurred in week seven of sports.